1: Welcome to From the Field. My name is Ryan Hughley. I'm lead pastor of Ridgeline Church in Salt Lake City, Utah, and the founder of Telio, a care and formation ministry for pastors.
0: My name Tyler Dravitz. I'm the executive pastor at Ridgeline Church, and I also lead a company called MyXP, where we help pastors solve problems by providing remote executive pastor support to churches around the country.
1: That's good. You're, uh, I feel like your intro introduction of yourself is getting real tight.
0: All right. I like it.
1: Yeah. Um, I'm just realizing in this moment that, uh, I did not think of an opening question for us. <laughs>
0: you did not? Well, you better not. work on one pretty quick. All
1: right. All right. So we're going to talk about, uh, will we'll set the series up in a second, but we're going to mm-hmm. talk about, uh, worship services today Okay. and the, uh, primacy and importance of them in our own ministry. The primacy? Is that a word? I believe so. Yeah. Primacy. You've been wrong every time
0: that you have. About words? Oh Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> always wrong about words. It's just, that's not one I've ever heard.
1: So, um, off the top of my head, here's a, here's a question. What Mm -hmm. do you think is probably the most, uh, impactful or powerful worship service of some kind that you, whether it's a conference one or one that we've done or something from when you were younger, Mm. when you think back and you think of even one that was really impactful for you?
0: Yeah. I mean, I think the one, like it was, it was more of a series of. Uh, Services that were impactful for me, but I grew up in a pretty traditional church. Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean, they were like fighting over whether or not there could be drums or anything more than a piano in worship. So it was one of those types of churches. And uh, I started going on, I think, either Saturday night or Sunday night Mm -hmm. with a friend to an Assemblies of God church. Mm. And so that was for sure one of the more like formative worship service type experiences. Mm. And it wasn't like... Uh, it wasn't like charismatic out of hand or anything mm-hmm. like that, but it was just, you know, I grew people, up
1: Pentecostal. I've been in some of those Yeah, people
0: yeah. really into worship, raising their hands. I remember, uh, I, I had gone for a season of time and the, the, uh, week I came back and like raised my, I was the only one for years that raised hands, uh, at the at worship church. service at the church that I grew up in so much so that the pastor one time even like pointed it out in his sermon that we should all be willing to do, you know, mm-hmm. and I remember thinking, Well, pastor, I don't think you you do either. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah. yeah. So that was kind of interesting. But those in general were, you know, uh, just different than Mm -hmm. what I had experienced. People that um, were outwardly, visibly excited to be where they were. Mm -hmm. Um, Engaged. Yeah, for sure. And again, I don't, that's not really even a criticism of the church I grew up in. It was filled with great people. Yeah. And this just manifested itself in a way I could see differently. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that's good. The first one that popped into my head was <clears throat> you. Do, you weren't with me, but you probably remember. I went to a short two day worship conference uh, at North Point called that Louis Giglio and Matt Redman did called Face Down. Mm. Remember that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I was like maybe twenty, nineteen, yep. twenty years old, and uh, I was still like mainly a worship leader at the time. And I that that's probably the first time that I really recall outside of. I guess probably when I came to faith at seven, mm-hmm. something like that. Um, but in my like more adult years, that was a super impactful on a number. It was the first time I'd ever really heard Louis Giglio, uh, okay. at least in person. Sure. And Matt Redman is amazing. I think he recorded an album there uh, during that time. Okay.
0: It was super super good. Nice. So and then is, so is that? I remember for a while you did. Like a worship night uh-huh. that was called face down, yeah. is that where Yeah, pretty much that came, came back from? and ripped the whole thing off. Okay, cool. Got yeah. It. Got
1: in it. true church kid form. Totally. Went to a conference, came back, ripped the whole thing off. Yep. Got it. Cool. Maybe even Louis's message. I don't think I taught. I think it was just worship. Yeah. But we ripped off the name and mm-hmm. I think the logo.
0: Well the lo- no, the logo was like you had you were like like down kind of on your face. Right. And I know but I ripped picture. I ripped
1: that idea off oh, of their okay, actual logo.
0: But, but <laughs> we just in, recreated in it. True. Like late nineties, early 2000s mm-hmm. church kid fashion. You took a picture, put it into Photoshop mm-hmm. and did the like artistic. So it looked like somebody drew it. Yeah, it
1: was like granulated. Yeah.
0: Or... And it had like pencil strikes yeah. or strokes. I don't even know if they have that filter anymore. I hope not. Yeah. I think, anyway. I think they decided
1: yeah. that mine was so cool. They retired it. That's right. Yeah,
0: I think so. So
1: it's hanging up somewhere at Adobe, right,
0: right down the street, right down the street in Lehigh.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, we are in this series where, uh, we're trying to, we're both talking about and defining the importance of, uh, really focusing our attention and putting all of our efforts into the things that matter most. Yeah. And so, uh, we believe now and have believed for many, many years that growing a faithful, fruitful church demands a few vital behaviors And so, vital few, a vital few (laughs) behaviors. So, we wrote a document Ah. years ago called the Vital Few. Mm -hmm. Thanks for jumping in and asserting yourself, because I already, I was already going to weave that in. Well, and you stole all the, all the thunder. Yeah. So, if you did not listen to last week, it was an introductory episode where we talked about uh, this document and its formation, where it came from. But we have at Ridgeline uh, seven areas that we focus all of our time and effort and finance and attention on. We like these are the seven things we do. Like, we don't do anything outside these things, Mm -hmm. pretty much, that I can think of anyways. Yep. And so now we're going to spend a week uh, for each one of these talking about uh, them in detail. And so the way The Vital Few, the way we wrote it was each one has uh, basically a practice. Mm -hmm. And then we wrote this very short description of what we mean when we talk about this practice. Yeah.
0: Does that make sense? Which by we wrote, I mean, I droned on for about an hour and a half and you summarize it into a In, sentence.
1: Yeah, basically three sentences, mm-hmm. yeah. which is pretty much how we do everything, yeah. including this podcast. Uh-huh. Someone Absolutely. someone mes- messaged me on Instagram this week and uh they listened to from the field and they're yeah. like, I was just wondering like what's what's your guys pre like your preparation process. Yeah. And I was like, well, we don't we don't have like I don't know if this is going to be super helpful. Basically, Tyler talks for about an hour about whatever we're going to talk mm-hmm. about, and then I bring it into a coherent outline, oh my and gosh. Then, we, then we go. I
0: Jerry McGuire memo <laughs> everything we're about to talk about on Tuesday, and then we yep. record usually on Friday. That's right. Yep. Yeah.
1: So first up for us, our, the first one of our vital few is what we call life-changing worship services. Mm-hmm. And here's our description. The worship service is Ridgeline's front door. We labor to produce gospel-proclaiming, Jesus-praising worship services where life change is expected. Every service is comprised of three elements, singing, teaching, and response. We strive to create compelling content with consistent excellence for God's glory. Mm. So... That's the first thing that we care about. So what we're going to do each week is we're going to read the practice and the description, and then we're going to highlight some key points within each of those descriptions. Yeah. And again, I did have a couple people message me for it, but if you want access to our vital few, just message me on Instagram, and I'm happy to email that to you. Uh, But so breaking this down, let's talk about first how the worship service is our front door. Yeah. Right, So I think this, if I remember correctly, this first came out of, uh, I think when we first started Redemption, we probably had more of a like cast the widest net possible and and, and, like um, endless entry points for Redemption. Like however you get here, however, we're going to try a bunch of different things and just see how people come.
0: I, I vividly remember like using the pasta analogy, like throw as much as we can at the wall and see what sticks. Yeah. And we had a conversation about that. We did.
1: And we were also a part of a network that was very diverse in its uh, philosophy of ministry. Like every church, churches did not have a unified philosophy of ministry. And so, you know, some were missional community based, and that was their Mm -hmm. front door. And so we really wrestled with. Sure. Like, what is the, I mean, in our minds, like, the best way? Yes, yeah, because while the
0: way. network was open-handed about what you could be, the men, a part of the network, viewed it as their role to convince you that their idea right. was the best. Right.
1: And so we finally, I mean, it took a few years for us to just be able to land on this, but we were just like, this is our front door. Yeah. And, and it wasn't for nothing. So Chicago, for people who don't know, is a traditionally religious city. Like Catholicism would be the primary uh, religious...
0: Very few people have not gone to church at some point. Very few.
1: And now we're in Salt Lake City, which is also a traditionally... I mean, traditional in the sense that obviously like our dominant religion here in Salt Lake is Mormonism, but it's still traditionally religious. And that when when the average person in our city thinks about church, they think... It's something I go to on Sunday morning. So yeah. in our minds, making making your Sunday morning service your front door is missional if you live in a traditionally religious city. Absolutely. If you live in a city yep. that's not traditionally religious, maybe it can be something else. Yeah. But our conviction has always been in a traditionally religious city, if you are like, come to my church, you know, missional community, we meet in my apartment living room, that seems weird totally. to people.
0: Yeah. And I don't think we're lobbying for one over the other. No. Other than you have to have one. Right. You've got to have a front door. Every house has a front door. Yep. Any any building, any office complex that you go to that doesn't have one. It's very complicated. And you like walk up all the steps and you get there. Like, for example, I live across from uh, Sandy City Hall mm-hmm. and there are so many entrances. And right now, especially due to COVID, you walk up all the stairs and you get yeah. to the top and you realize, oh, that one's closed. And then right. you go to the next one and you go to the next one. You want to know why? Because it's not clear what the front door is because every side of the building is identical. Right. <laughs> and it was a real poor architecture choice. But, totally. But, Uh, you have to have a front door. Otherwise people get confused.
1: And I, I think for us, again, we're not prescribing this for everyone, but for us, the worship service, I, if, if I were going to choose what is the best way for us to give people a sense of who we are, Mm -hmm. it is the worship service.
0: Yeah. And I think part of, I remember the discussion about this all those years ago, and part of it was just uh, being willing to come to terms with the fact that all of our time, energy, and money pointed towards mm-hmm. that's what was true. Right. And if it wasn't true, we were wasting a lot of time, energy, and money because that's what we were doing. As a matter of fact, as we did this whole document, uh, we left making the decision to make a full-time hire for a worship pastor. Mm-hmm. And so I think that um, even... even th- back then we realized okay so if this is true yep. we've got to make There's we've got to put some money where our mouth is right. yep, yep absolutely so
1: this this is a living document to mm-hmm. a degree and so there has been time, uh, the bulk of it has not, has never changed. Right. Um, it shouldn't. But some of the minor language things have changed. Yeah. And so one thing that has changed is that we used to say that the worship service is our front door and our highest priority. Yeah. And we pulled that highest priority thing out. Mm-hmm. Um, mainly because it, our perspective on that has changed. Totally. With time. Yeah. In that I've, I've been having, I've been thinking about a lot more and having more and more conversations about... The longer I'm in ministry, the more I realize what, truthfully, a small part of people's spiritual life the worship service is, mm-hmm. um, or or what a small impact it makes in someone's formation. Um, I would love to believe that. Like, I, when I think now about what is it that really leads to transformation in a person's life, I think it's three things. I do believe that regular, attending regular worship with a local church sure. is essential to spiritual health. Yep. 100% believe that. But I also think it is, by and large, a small part of someone's relationship with God. I mean, even sure. just time wise, we're talking sixty to ninety minutes out of a sure. week. So if that's the totality of your relationship with God, and for many people it is, yeah. which is why there's so little transformation in so many Christians' lives. Yeah. Because they maybe attend church two times a month hmm. and for sixty if to ninety minutes, if yeah. we're lucky. And, and that's it. Yep. And so in addition to that, I also think it's critical that someone really learns to sit with God for themselves and have an actual relationship and that they have what we call formative friendships, Yep, that they have genuine biblical community in their life and people that they are walking alongside of as they walk with Jesus and so the worship service, in truth, is a very small, percentage-wise, a very small part of that. And so it doesn't really make, even thinking about it just from like a return on an investment standpoint, it doesn't make sense for that to be the absolute highest priority, when percentage-wise, it yields yeah. a pretty small return.
0: Yeah, I mean, you, you've said this in the context of other situations. What I will say, I because we had a conversation about this, and I've thought a lot about it since uh-huh. then the other day, and I think that it is like, a necessary beginning percentage. I really do believe, like, so once upon a time, I, I used to think, I mean, something special, not magical, it's not Harry Potter, but mm-hmm. something very supernatural happens during the worship service. Yeah. I think the difference is, so even even in our language where life change is expected, mm-hmm. where the beginning of yeah. life, beginnings of life change. Yeah. That's good. Can happen. And yep. I think that that's, that's at least for me and at least in our situation where it seems like the Holy Spirit has done some work to do some real good good like beginnings. Yeah. The problem is to your point, if you don't have those two other things, it's so easy for that like tiny little seedling that pokes up in the worship service to be ripped out and thrown on the ground to right. just like wither away. Totally. And, and so early
1: in someone's journey, yes. it is like it's like 95%. Yes. It's hugely impactful. Yep. A life of following God, it becomes a much smaller percentage. Sure. Ideally, it should become yeah. a much smaller percentage. I agree sure. with that. Yeah. That's a good way yeah. to think about that. So that's that's the first thing we talk about is that the worship service is our front door. The second thing is that we labor at all things worship service. Yep. And so, um, you know, like a part of our culture, we have another thing that we wrote called our cultural canon, which we can talk about at some point. But one of those is we we always say we never phone it in. Yeah. Right? And so that's I wonder something where that
0: phrase came from. Phone a lot it of times. In? Yeah, even for the podcast, I'll look it up. I'm sure yeah, there's sure I've
1: never thought to look that up. Uh,
0: yeah, there's always a uh a, a beginning of mm-hmm. those kind of phrases, but yeah.
1: I don't know what that I, one is. I
0: don't either. And so thanks for bringing it up, though. bringing up the question yeah. <laughs> about it is real helpful for everyone on the podcast. Google it. Lazy All right, here, people. Here's
1: what's going to happen. I'm going to, I'm going to talk about moment. this and okay. I want,
0: do you have your phone on you? No, because otherwise I get, okay, well
1: you get, talk about, yeah. I'm going to look up where the phrase comes from, but you yeah. talk about what we mean when we say we never yeah. phone something in. What do we mean by that?
0: Yeah. I mean, I think, um, Uh, we're going to talk about this a little bit uh, in in the vernacular where we talk about we strive for consistent excellence, but when it comes to we never phone it in, we just don't do anything without intentional thought behind it. We don't, you know, the idea that you use um, prayer as a transitional element. We uh-huh. work really hard not to do that. Right. Um, we work really hard. I, I mean, you think very intentionally about the playlist. I, I'm not a music guy. Like
1: pre-service, yeah, post-service. Yeah, exactly.
0: Guy. Yeah, or um, even the things on our PSA, which is the scrolling announcements that come through. Mm-hmm. Or, I mean, and, and again- I mean, Some gonna...
1: churches don't even rehearse for worship. Their no. bands don't rehearse. Yeah.
0: Or, so I belong to a church in Indiana where we rehearsed, Um, once every, I think every other month and Mm -hmm. every part of the worship team came and you sang every song together that would be sang in the next two months. And by the time you were going to serve and you, uh, like, I didn't even come early. Mm -hmm. Uh, I was, I was much younger. And so I like rolled in when the worship (laughs) leader thought, I hope to the Lord, he shows up. (laughs) Um, and then you just were, you just did it. Yeah. Just did it.
1: Yeah, so we labor at it. I did find Here's what it is, okay? Yep. The uh, the expression, phone it in, yep. is American, and sure. seems to have originally been connected to the theater and acting. Right up your alley. Wow. Yeah. So during oh. the early 1930s, a popular joke amongst theater actors alluded to having a role that was so small, it was possible to call on the phone rather than actually appear on stage oh, in person, yeah. which makes sense. Yeah. So we're using it accurately. Yeah. Yeah. So I yeah. Like so there, there just isn't anything that I can't think. I was really trying to think through every facet from trailer load, unload, load in, set up, tear down to pre service. To there's just there's nothing that we just kind of show up and wing it. No, at all. Like ever. not our and we don't ever. And I, I was even thinking like even when it comes to a verbal in the worship set, mm-hmm. setting up a song or something like that. We, and it's not a matter of trying to constrict the Holy Spirit. I just know. That many times, especially worship leaders, because I was one, Mm -hmm. you use like being moved by the Spirit as an excuse to not have to prepare. So we believe that the Spirit moves both in preparation and in execution. Yes,
0: (laughs) that worship leader who used to pray that I would show up, she was renowned for saying that constantly. Oh, really? I mean, we did not move outside of what had been prescribed on the sheet because the Holy Spirit worked in the planning.
1: Okay. I've come to a point, too, where I believe that, Preparation on the front end also gives me more freedom in the moment. Totally. That if Absolutely. I have something prepared, that in the moment, if I do feel led in a different direction, yep, I still feel much better prepared to be able to sure. follow
0: that leading. Really? Because you know what my skill set is in vamping anything. Oh man, I'm, I'm real good at just like in it off
1: the cuff mm-hmm. yeah that is oh, not man. your
0: spiritual gift no I can't even I can't even like make up even if it's an announcement I know the details of if I haven't thought through how am I going to say these words yeah it doesn't come across as something anyone's gonna want to
1: the fact to. that this conversation is coherent is is, is miraculous because this this it's, is it's not banned. scripted yeah, that's right, that's right. <laughs> All right, so we labor at all things in the worship yep. service, and Another, I like
0: that idea. Labor, yeah, like you you work at it. We work you hard, toil, at it. yeah, yeah, yeah. And,
1: and that we are. It's not like a one time We're always doing that. Yeah. We, like we talked last week about mm-hmm. um, how we are always tinkering, always mm-hmm. getting better with everything that we do. And so we really work at that. Yep. But then, thirdly, um, we do. I just want to reiterate this yeah. so it didn't sound like in the first point that I was diminishing the value of it. We mm-hmm. expect life change to take place. Yeah. Like I, one, the language that I've tried to stress with our team on Sunday mornings is we fight the just another Sunday mentality. Totally. It is easy when you have been. like when you have, the longer that you have served in especially worship service ministry, it's very easy to become jaded. Yeah. And I've even met some of the like larger worship movement people, like Mm. worship leaders, songwriters, and they travel around and they're constantly leading services. and 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 I have met some that are very cynical. It's Mm. that it's like, um, because they've learned, if I do like... Two plus two, it will equate to four. Sure. And so they know how to move people emotionally. And mm. there's just a f- formula You are
0: my God. I'm going to cry every time. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's true. Right. I
1: already know that about you. <laughs> and so I think in this, it's easy to just wake up early on a Sunday morning, especially when you're mobile and think, Phew, it's just another Sunday. Let's get through this. Mm-hmm. And to overlook or not really uh, – appreciate the fact that together as God's people, we are getting ready to meet with the living God of the universe, mm. which is a very big deal. Yep. And every time that happens, life change happens and it's not always, and I think it's important to not like, it doesn't mean that like the great awakening breaks out every right. single time we gather. But right. I do believe that every, like, I think that sanctification is objectively painfully slow. But that every single time we get together, it is an essential part of it. Right. And I'm changing 1%. Sure. Every single time. Me, you, every single... And, and sometimes you have someone and they come in for the first time and their life, I mean, they spirit wakes their heart to faith and their life is flipped upside down. And there's like this massive life change. Sure. But more often than not, it's like a 1% change. And mm-hmm. that is still a 1% change totally. over time. That does really result in a
0: transformed life. And to my point earlier, it's, 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 it's that fertile soil to mm-hmm. which you have to go do something with. Yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, and it, we don't have to do a deep dive into the parable of, the the soils, yeah. but that's exactly Jesus point that mm. they're good job, Jesus.
0: I didn't say I was,
1: <laughs> but you did have a look on your face that people couldn't see. And a, hmm, I am like Jesus.
0: That, I, that's, that I, was, the... I just feel like I, I cited a principle that Jesus reinforced. Um,
1: so Jesus reinforces no, no, your principles.
0: No. <laughs> Well, that doesn't even make sense because the order of what we existed <laughs> That's is different. So
1: I think, should we stay wow. on this? Or no, let's, we, okay, let's move on. Let's
0: move past.
1: All right. So next we have three main elements mm-hmm. that make up our worship service. And there's a bunch yep. of different ways that we express these things. But by mm-hmm. and large, we're very focused on singing, teaching, and then calling people to some kind of response. Yep. So for us, uh, we have especially coming out of COVID, we have uh, because we didn't go back with full children's ministry right away. We've worked to program our services around sixty minutes right now. Yep. Prior to COVID, it was ninety, but and they've gotten a little bit longer. But by and large, we're trying to stay around that sixty minute mark. And I'm liking it. Yeah, I do too. I really do. And I think one big piece of that has been I'm preaching closer to 30 minutes. Whereas before I was 40 to 45 and I have found for me that has, I think that's made me better. Like yeah. having to preach, having to say what I am trying to say inside of thirty minutes sure. makes it's much. We started our teaching lab uh, here at Ridgeline last Sunday, yeah. and that's one of the things I was really stressing was because I gave them an assignment for next month. Mm-hmm. They all have to come and they have to they have two minutes mm. to do a song verbal. I am excited about in this. Waymaker yeah. uh, for the song Waymaker. They have to find a verse that ties into it, and then they have to read the verse and then explain it, illustrate it, and apply it in mm-hmm. two minutes, yeah, which is very difficult to mm-hmm. do. And uh, so preaching a sermon of substance inside of 30 minutes, sure. when you're used to 40 or 45, it's, mm-hmm. it's more constricting, and it is hard, and it's made me way better, yeah. I think.
0: I mean, I don't talk about our info card in two minutes.
1: <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I can vouch for that. <laughs> I think another thing that is unique about Ridgeline that not everyone does is we more often than not do text message Q&A. Yeah. If you are a teaching pastor and you've never experimented with q and mm-hmm. I would say, I don't think there's anything uh, after people have visited our church in like when I do follow up with them or mm-hmm. I talk to them after service. There's not a single thing that we do that I get more feedback about yeah. than Q&A. Yep. And I think it's especially uh, especially uh, effective here in Salt Lake because, again, Oftentimes within Mormonism, it has not been a religion that has been a safe place for people to ask questions. Okay. There's been, it's more often than not, questions kind of get suppressed a sure. little bit more. And yeah. so one way we have tried You're to... just dis- supposed to... Yeah, Do just, it. just believe. Yeah, yeah. And so we have tried to distinguish ourselves by saying, Hey, this is a place that is 100%. We it's safe and we welcome your questions. Mm-hmm. And I love it. It's very exciting sure. to stand up there for 10 minutes after a message, have no idea what the questions are going to be yep. and to try to answer them as best we can. It used to terrify me mm-hmm. the first few times I yeah. really used to sweat it, but uh, it's been a really great way. To yeah. Connect. And
0: just because I know we'll get the questions, um, the, the, uh, the way that we go about that we have a Google Voice number mm-hmm. for the church and we put that on every slide uh, so that people don't have to like pay attention to the one slide with it on. it's on the bottom of every slide. Uh, it even shows up on our stream. And uh, people can text those into the Google voice number, which comes in and uh, it's connected and online to Mm -hmm. our uh, computer that we do use to do the presentation. Um, I will say uh, it also is coming to my phone and every once in a while there is a question that is either um, a bit more inflammatory than is helpful. Yeah, my big thing Um, is like I'm
1: I'm willing to – I don't want to debate and I don't want to be – Uh, I don't want uh, it to be combative. Totally.
0: Yeah, exactly. And so um, I will, you know, I'm in constant communication either beside them or via text message with our production team. Um, and there are just some that we say, you know what, uh, like I'll text them and say, Hey, we need to skip that one. Uh, pastor Ryan's going to address it like one-on-one or something like that. Or sometimes I'll reply to the text and Mm -hmm. just say, you know what, if you're really interested in the answer to this question, why don't you set up a meeting with our pastor? Because I'm not sure that it would be beneficial for the whole room. Or sometimes a question is so complicated, it would monopolize the entirety of the time that you have. And it's, and it still might not be a clear answer because there are just difficult questions. Yeah. And so it's not a matter of, um, o- like only giving you like, you know, the softball pitches or whatever, yeah. but it is a matter of making sure that we understand that a individual's question could somehow benefit the whole room.
1: Right. Cause I, I remember at redemption for months, I kept every time I would do Q and kept getting the same question about like, how do you explain, um, divine sovereignty and human responsibility, right? If God's sovereign like, I got some version of that question every time. And I finally got to a point where I remember telling you and people running Q and a, like I don't ever want to, I don't ever want to answer this question in Q and a again, because there isn't a super clear answer. It takes way too long to answer. And I'm tired of answering the same question over and over and over
0: again. How is God three in one?
1: Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Go. (laughs) You have two minutes.
0: I'll like, never forget uh, just such a random side note, but I was listening to uh, Wayne Grudem talk mm-hmm. through like he did like a Sunday school class that mm-hmm. talked through his systematic theology book. Yeah, and when he got to that, I was listening to it as we were planning the first church. I was driving up to and from Indianapolis to Chicago. Uh, it was part of my elder candidacy, mm-hmm. and he was talking about the Trinity, and he talked about you know there's different models that like uh, all egg the different analogies. And and that, and yeah. He's like he's like you know what he goes he goes if you're not careful like some of those are like real heretical based on even how the analogy applies. And he goes, I just like to look at people and say, isn't God awesome? Yeah. So here we've got one of the more brilliant minds from a theology standpoint um, of our day and age anyway. And he's like, isn't God awesome? So if he could do it, I'm gonna go with that too. (laughs) Yep, anyway.
1: All right, then lastly, last thing we wanna highlight in this one is we strive for consistent excellence. Mm. And uh, this is something, I think a lot of this is what, you've really let out in mm. with our worship service yeah. and so let's just talk through a few examples of yep. how we've really worked to to provide consistent excellence and, and one that come, came to mind for me uh, immediately was we've worked hard to really so we rent uh an auditorium from a local community college here yep. but we work very hard to brand that space yep with as ridgeline yes so much so that I've literally had people come in and ask, like, do you guys own this space? And so we've done that with um, window decals that go up and come down. A window cling
0: is, uh, is such a huge statement. It is. Because if you haven't worked in retail and had to apply them, they seem like they're magic. Yeah. If you've worked in retail and had to apply them... They're a little obnoxious, but real easy. Right. And very inexpensive. So we have
1: those up in the giant glass entryway. Mm -hmm. We cover a huge majority of their signage with our own signage so that it ties into our own
0: typeface and all that stuff. Totally. Well, even for example, as you come in, there's this directional signage to like the student union and Uh where you can make payments on your bills and, and the computer lab and all of that. And what we need people to know are where are the restrooms and the elevators, the elevator in case you have a need that uh, you can't walk up the stairs to our children's space. You need to use the elevator for whatever reason. And then of course, I think if, if it is not clear the moment people step into your space, where the restrooms are, you have a problem. And It can't be, like, aloof. It can't be, you know, some sort of... Uh, weird shape or symbol. I hate that at, you know, I have to pee. I don't want to have to look yeah. for it. Well, exactly. You want people to know. And if I'm new, I don't want to identify to someone who's there that I have to go to the bathroom. And so right. that needs to be clear. And so we we made a sign of the same size and we put two little hooks on it and it requires a ladder, but the guy gets up on the ladder and hangs it up. It's like a Coroplast sign that maybe cost us 20 bucks. Right. And he hangs it up so that that way, you know, you don't care about about the student union or where to pay your tuition bill no. but you do care about the elevator and the bathroom. Right. Yeah.
1: And I think that is emblematic of the fact that we really care about the our guests, uh, uh, mm. everyone who comes, like we yeah. like every if it's your first time or you've been coming for a couple of years, like you're still a guest here with us. We are mm-hmm. hosting this thing and we care about the experience that people have. Absolutely. And no one cares about that more than you do. So talk a little bit about Sort of the origin of that.
0: Yeah, so I think a big thing, um, you know, and you've heard us reference it, uh, if you listen to this podcast for very much, that uh, we are both big Disney fans, and specifically not Full disclosure,
1: like, Tyler pitched me a few months ago on starting a secondary
0: Disney podcast. We did not do it, because did there not. are countless. Yeah.
1: You're like, there's only two, and I did one search, there's, and there were
0: hundreds. There's two that I listened to. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, but there are, uh, countless Disney podcasts, but, but we're big Disney fans and specifically yeah. Disney world. Yeah. And I think for a variety of reasons, I have an executive pastor friend who talked about one of the reasons, cause he's fascinated with mm-hmm. it as well. And so we've had this kind of dweeby conversation about why that might be. Yeah. And I think it really boils down to, it's one of the places that we don't have to go and spend the whole time thinking about how they can do it better. Yeah. Instead we go with notebooks open, trying to figure out, okay, so how do we Take what we've learned here and apply it to our situation. Because the reality is, I don't care who you are. I don't care where you've gone. They are doing the guest experience better than anyone else from a consistency
1: standpoint. I I went, I just, before we recorded, I met a couple in our church for lunch Mm -hmm. at a good restaurant and we waited 25 minutes for someone to come take our order. Mm. And during lunch, it's a small restaurant. I had to go inside and ask them to come out and take take our order. And I walked up this couple that I've been sitting with. I just walked up and I'm like, I'm just so tired of bad service everywhere. Sure. And it is so, it's just like, it, it's so hard to find good service. And I agree with you. I, that's why I don't get tired of going because every single, even when they have screwed up some service thing in the past, they always fix it.
0: Yeah. I mean, I just don't get an opportunity to vacation very frequently, Mm -hmm. but when I do, I want to make sure that it counts. And so that's the reason that I continue to go. And so as a result, uh, but even that, even though I'm on vacation and off and all of that, I'm constantly thinking and watching and observing and all of those kind of things. And so there's- Before you go on,
1: I know- I know you hate this phrase and I don't like it either, but let me play devil's advocate in this, okay? Because you're using Disney as the example. Yeah. I know some people are listening going, well, it's Disney. It's a multi-billion dollar company. Sure. So of course they're awesome at this. Sure. But I pastor a church of 60 people, 100 people, 200 people. Yeah
0: we can't do anything
1: like this because we're not Disney World.
0: Sure. So do we start with the fact that you just said you want to work on behalf of the Dark Lord? Yeah, that's why we don't use the (laughs) Devil Advocate. Also,
1: he's not Voldemort. (laughs) Who calls him the Dark
0: Lord? I was (laughs) was going for the most grisly type. Yeah, Yeah, Um, yeah, I mean, you're right. And uh, you haven't seen our spreadsheet or our budget and we don't have millions. Right. Um, We have tens of dollars. (laughs) (laughs) And as a result, it's, I think it's such a huge fail to look at something like that, a company Mm -hmm. that literally has billions, that even in the midst of COVID, their stock is shot through the roof because someone magically thought of Disney Plus before Mm -hmm. COVID launched and it saved the whole company and all of that. And so you don't have those resources. Mm -hmm. You don't have, you know, they're the world's, uh, Disney World is the world's largest or at least the nation's largest single site employer, Mm -hmm. Uh, something like a hundred and some odd thousand employees just at Disney World. I mean, and so you have all of those types of things and um, you don't have that at your church. I don't care what size you are, mm-hmm. like Willow, uh, Rick Warren, none right. of those people have the same resources that Disney has. Right. But I think it's a huge fail to look at it and say, you know what? Well, then I guess we just, right. I guess we just move on or there's nothing to learn here right. or there's nothing that we can do. I think looking at it and saying, what do I love right. and what can we do? And that's where we've come up with some of the next uh, kind of subpoints. Yeah, here. Yeah, you're
1: starting with the wrong question. Yeah. And absolutely. we always start with, what can't we do? that right. Disney does. Right. Or that wh- whoever. We're yep. at your favorite place, whatever yep. that is. And the right question is what can we do? Right. And there are a number of things that we literally have found to come back and do that yeah. do make a substantial impact. let sure. so talk about fact, some of those things. In
0: our original church plant, um anytime we would go to Disney, our uh, guest services team was not thrilled about my return because yeah. they knew that I'd have some real fun ideas T-toy's coming Basically. in hot. <laughs> I remember when I, I told them that they should wave at people as they drove up. I, I almost had a picket line on my hands, yeah. but I, I liked being waved You know what at I don't me.
1: like? Yeah. I'm just going to gripe about yeah, this on the it. guest services front. Okay. It's because I don't like the sign thing when people hold oh, the signs no. and shake the signs. Mm-mm. I have I'm not ordered the
0: signs for countless people. Yeah. I'm always like,
1: I mean, maybe, maybe it's great. I mean, I'm not I'm not anti signage. We have signage out. I don't like the but, holding the circle. Yeah. sign. I just feel like it, you're two reminds- clicks from the person like flipping the sign yes, on the road. I was just for, gonna like say a that. tax company.
0: Mm-hmm, 100%. Yeah. So I don't love that. Uh, so, a few things that we've taken. So, one of the things that's just true at every Disney park, specifically the Magic Kingdom, you mm-hmm. pull up to that sucker, you get off the bus. Well, we're not bus people, but, mm-hmm. it's, you know, you get out of your little minivan. It's so pretentious. Or you get, I know. I just, I hate the, I hate the bus. <laughs> the bus is not fun. Yeah, it's not yeah. good. You'll it's wait. like Walmart. You, oh, Let's alienate Walmart more people. Yeah. <laughs> the
1: bus is the Walmart. My brother once told me that he thinks that Daytona Beach is, if Walmart owned a beach, it mm-hmm. would be Daytona <laughs> Beach. <laughs>
0: 100 <laughs> percent okay uh, i've never been there but i agree yeah um and so but you you get there and the mo before you're even checked in before anything you you know you're at the magic kingdom uh-huh. when the music is playing yeah and, and and it like it, it sort of calls you in. It's sort of like the, the, the siren, the siren yeah. so to speak. And and you're just excited. Yeah. Like even if there's a line, even if whatever, you are so excited to be there. Yeah. Because you just feel like it's I it's am home. gonna have yep. a good time today. And so one of the things that we've done um is that we have uh even as a mobile environment, we have music playing all over our campus. Mm-hmm. And so you get out of your car, the moment you start walking from the parking lot, mm-hmm. we have uh Uh, A remote speaker with a little kind of radio thing. If you're really interested in this, message me. I can give you all the specs of everything that we have. Um,
1: Thank you for doing that instead of explaining all the specs. Yeah, Yeah. so
0: it's like a radio thing, whatever. Uh, But we have it plugged up into a tree, and Mm -hmm. then we have to use this like bendy thing so it doesn't fall out of the tree because we ruined the speaker because it fell out of the tree. Yeah. and but we have those you lining the your, sidewalk. Yeah, as you get out of your car, you hear uh, that playlist I told mm-hmm. I told everyone about earlier. And you just hear that worship music mm-hmm. letting you know, like, something's happening here. Yeah. And then as you walk, I, I've worked really hard. And I do it every week. I make mm-hmm. the walk every week. I start out, out in the parking lot. Mm-hmm. And I walk in the sidewalk, just to make sure that our spacing, the volume, everything is right. And one speaker passes you to the next speaker, passes you to the next speaker. And all of a sudden you're in the auditorium. And that uh, is our playlist. That's where you'd hear our worship music. That's where he- you'd hear you preach as mm-hmm. far as kind of uh, if, if people have uh, babies that are crying, mm-hmm. they can go out into the auditorium. They could go outside. There's lots of places they could go. But I think having that warm Feeling mm-hmm. uh, in in from an audio standpoint is a huge win. The next thing, and this is um, far less practiced than anywhere mm-hmm. I know of, but. Um, Disney does such a spectacular job with scent, mm-hmm. uh, and and you walk in and and the that that cupcake scent that you smell on Main Street, they they put that in there. That's yeah. not like that's not just there. It's not just they're just baking cupcakes like <laughs> right. their job it's being pumped into exactly. The air. And and uh, there's so many resorts. One in particular that we love called Bay Lake Tower, and uh, you walk in and. The smell is just—it's magic. It, you, you just think, Ugh.
1: it's the—it's the scent of heaven.
0: It—I uh, hope. <laughs> <laughs> that's definitely—that's definitely my hope and prayer. I,
1: I hope that when you uh, first walk into heaven and it's not that scent, that you're like, "Hey, I, I need to talk to a
0: supervisor. Yeah, C- could I talk to Peter, please? Yeah, you guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you guys got this one wrong. Uh, let's talk about the Golden Gates here. They're not quite as shiny. No. <laughs> Uh, but regardless, uh, it's going to be me and all the other executive pastors, yeah. and we're going to get. We have out. feedback. Yeah, uh, but regardless, uh, so uh, it's a company called Sent Air Home. And the machine is not the cheapest in the world, but there's a home version. So what happened was I just went up to a Disney cast member and I said, that scent is amazing. Like, what do you guys use? And he gave me, uh, (laughs) he had a slip behind the counter because clearly it's been asked before. And he gave me the URL to this company. He said, you know, we have the industrial version. So you're not going to get it to smell this way everywhere. However, at your home, you can. And sure enough, and so for different seasons, you know, during kind of the fall season, it smells like... Pumpkin and spices at our church. And during Christmas, it smells like sugar cookie. And then Mm -hmm. we sort of have a kind of a core scent that we use. And again, you don't want to overpower people because people are real sensitive to scent, Mm -hmm. but you want to create that warm, inviting environment. And it's the same at our ministry center. We have one, those types of things. And we want to just, again, help people's mind and thoughts and energy stir towards what's about to happen.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's good. And then another thing is we are, uh, really careful about coffee. Yeah. Yeah. We've there's, actually there's a den- lot of real the good coffee church. Yeah, there is a lot of real bad coffee in churches. Yep. So it's like I don't know what they're using but it's it's just awful.
0: Yeah. And and truthfully, good coffee is attainable. And listen, Pastor, with your Chemex and your like pretentious scale and all of that other kind of stuff. Yes, I'm sure your coffee tastes fine. Mm -hmm. And you can make it bulk it fine as well. Even your coffee house that you like to go to doesn't make it one cup at a time. right? And and if they do, you and the other six people who go there better like it before they close (laughs) down. So I'm here to tell you, uh, I'm a big fan of Bun. I think Bun is a great coffee maker. And again, Mm -hmm. you have to, spend a little money on your coffee equipment. Mm -hmm. Uh, Thankfully, we have a ministry center right down the street from our worship space. And so now we brew it here with some nicer equipment than we had before. But even before that, for 180 bucks, you can get a bun pour over commercial coffee maker. We would plug it in mm-hmm. at mm-hmm. our rented space. We'd let it heat up. I mean, we had to deal with, and in the winter, is it going to freeze? And mm-hmm. sometimes it did and you'd have to let it heat up even longer. I mean, there's all kinds of uh, obstacles get that get in the way, but if you can continue to solve the problem into small digestible pieces, you can in in effect, have great coffee for your people. And totally. again, uh, for some of your people, and not me, but for some of your people, 10 a.m. is real early, yeah. and they need coffee to be pleasant. And in general, it's just one of those nice things that I, I look at it, and the the pots of coffee that we brew, I've done the math, and uh, we even use uh, a local coffee roaster, mm-hmm. uh, and we get coffee from them. And a big pot of coffee that we brew is less than $3. And I just feel like, and if each one of your people were to go to whatever coffee shop you want, let's call it Starbucks, Mm -hmm. they're each going to spend at least $3 on a small cup of coffee. So for very limited long-term expense, you have the ability. And, and, uh, you know, so I worked at Starbucks for 10 years. Every time I bring someone to the ministry center and walk them through the process of brewing coffee, I just forewarn them just so you know, we're a little bit much when it comes to coffee, but it matters. And Mm -hmm. it gives me an opportunity with that person to cash a his As to why does it matter? And it does. Yeah. And uh, and so we walk them through it. But anything I've learned at Starbucks, you can find on Google.
1: Yeah. And so
0: you don't have to have like there's nothing that special. I mean, a hip brew, a calibrate, you know, those types of things. You could I was thinking this week,
1: you could probably, if you've got whatever your favorite third wave coffee shop is that you Mm -hmm. go to, I guarantee you, the people that work there are such nerds. If you went in and you asked to sit down with one of the baristas or the owner, and we're, we're like I want to do this at my church. I want to have good coffee at my church. Help me out. I guarantee you they will sit down and nerd out with you to make sure
0: that you understand everything that needs to get done. Totally. Uh, And then lastly, just having a helpful guest services team. We have people wear lanyards with their name on so that new people know who they are. You want to know why? Because when I go to Target and I need help, that person has a name tag on. Mm -hmm. And I know that they're there to help me. And we work really hard to just, uh, you know, we have sort of a... Uh, pre-service prayer time Mm -hmm. and then an opportunity to cast vision. And uh, especially since we come back from COVID, we're trying to be really intentional about what do we use that time for? Mm -hmm. What do we communicate? We remind people every week we have new people attending our church. And so let's make sure that they get connected. Let's make all of those types of things. And I think that's all really important.
1: Yeah, that's good. Uh, The last thing when we talk about striving for consistent excellence is when it comes to our actual production, like in our auditorium. Mm-hmm. And we are very, very simple on this front, but we do really work to have high quality. So yep. we don't have like, like spells and bells. We don't have a laser machine and <laughs> no all that kind of whatsoever. No smoke. Um, and so what we do is very, very simple. Yep. We, we are not like super fancy in all of the different worship elements that we use, but mm-hmm. the things that we do, we try to be Do a very good job. And so, this is all the way true from if we have a full band, if we have one person leading worship, when it comes to our speaking, when it comes to our slides, when it comes to the way that we uh, run our slides on the screen, Mm -hmm. our lighting is again, simple, but we make sure and work very hard to make it the best that it can possibly be.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I think that, uh, I mean, there's so many examples, so many things, uh, whatever you do, do is unto the Lord. And mm-hmm. this is like for the Lord, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes it's hard to think about that when you're like, uh, schlepping lattes on, mm-hmm. on the bar or something like that. But yeah. this, this service is for the Lord,
1: not the I, dark Lord.
0: No, the regular, the regular one. Lord. <laughs> The full strength, Lord. That's right. (laughs) Yeah. Um, No, but I mean, I'll never forget. I worked at this Christian camp growing up. Mm -hmm. And, um, uh, you know, I I was like 14 and Mm -hmm. on the cleaning crew. And I was struggling to do a good and thorough job as most 14-year-olds on a cleaning crew would do. Yeah,
1: especially boys.
0: Specifically... And cleaning the bathrooms, mm. and I'll never forget. There was this woman. Her name's Christy, and she knew because she would have she would go in and inspect them, um, and then come out and Tyler, you got to re- redo the bathrooms. And <laughs> and she finally said, you know what, Tyler? She goes, what I want you to do is I want you to go in and clean the bathrooms as though Jesus were the next one to use it. And I, thought, and I thought that that was such a uh, significant thing to think about. Mm-hmm. That even in the things that are unrelated to God, mm-hmm. we have the ability to think about them in terms of like, but this is for the Lord too. Mm-hmm. And our worship service is literally. Mm-hmm. <laughs> For the Lord. And
1: when you think about so many of the things that literally Jesus praises in the New Testament throughout the Gospels,
0: mm-hmm.
1: he's always drawing attention to small things, totally. not big things, yep. small things. Yep. And so uh, on the one hand, someone could hear that and think, well, Jesus isn't going to use my toilets. So right. this Does it? But it's, but you're I, I would say you are missing the spirit of what Jesus says totally. really, really matters, yeah. which is not nearly as much things like the preaching and the music that we think mm-hmm. are such big, obvious, and they are important things for yep. sure. but I do believe that God sees and cares about all of these little behind the scene things just totally. as much.
0: Well, and you look in the Old Testament at the building of the temple and just the preciseness and oh, yeah. the detail. And I mean, every executive pastor listening to this, yeah. they've got a sermon worked up about that yeah. for sure to to try to establish these things matter. Right. And the reality is whether or not you have to prove it, these things matter. Right. Yeah. So
1: that's week one, life changing worship services. And uh, we're going to continue this and keep talking our way through our vital few. Again, if you want uh, to get a copy of that document, you can just message me uh, or Tyler on Instagram uh, or email us. And uh, you can email me at ryan at ridgeline.church and tyler at myxp.church. Yep. And uh, we'll send you a PDF of that to Happy be able to, to, to see. But thank you so much for listening this week. And if this is your first time with us and you've enjoyed it, uh, you can help us in three ways. Subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. You can leave a review where you listen. And then we, again, would love to connect with you on social media. So you can find me on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at @ryan_hugley. Ryan Hughley. That's H-U-G-U-L-E-Y.
0: You can find me on the same platforms at at Tyler Dravitz. That's D-R-E-W-I-T-Z.
1: Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye.
0: Bye-bye. <laughs>